What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast with sometimes weird introductions, uh, where we talk about the hottest news and uh, with a touch of what, Terence? Good old humor. I know, I know that sounded weird, Good, uh, but only because today we have someone who was from the radio, the hi. radio world in the house. What are you doing? <laughs> Parish and Terrence. <laughs> Best mix of music. You know all those jingles that they used to have on radio? Yeah, right? they still have them. It's so crazy to still hear them on radio. But anyway, yes, we are here yeah. with the guest. <laughs> we have introduced her. Yeah, uh, yeah, so, I mean, she she's not a DJ anymore. I am not. She, you were a DJ for seven months? Yeah, or slightly under. I think I may have claimed the title for Singapore's shortest-lived DJ. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if there's a Guinness World of Book of Records for that. I, I may win it. I'm not sure. Ah, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so you were DJ on Kiss ninety two, um, but you have worked with us on multiple projects. I have. You were on our Audible scripted podcast. Uh, you were in a short video we shot for Samsung. That's right. Right now, you're working with us on our animated TV series. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I talk mm. like this. <laughs> In yeah. the series, <laughs> and multiple other multiple other voices. That, that's as well. true. That's yeah, true. and this is none other than Joe Tan. Hello, 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 Joe. Hi, Harish. Oh, uh, like well, that was the most effort I've seen someone in really, uh, say in the intro. The way you, the way you went, hello. Yeah, like, it's it's interesting. I mean, like, uh, so I think we had a bit of a chat about this before the podcast started, right? Yeah. I mean, you guys were saying that this whole podcast is such a lovely, chill thing, mm. and it was weird because uh, being on radio, uh, especially on morning radio, I think our function is to keep the energy up in the morning. <laughs> hey, how's everybody doing? <laughs> I mean, not so crazy, but but yeah. So it is a bit of a strange uh, kind of, I'm having an out-of-body experience now sitting behind this microphone because I don't actually know how to behave. Mm. Yeah, just chill. Just, just okay, relax. Like before, before the podcast, you know that how we were talking about stuff <laughs> okay, and okay, life. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, go. Yeah, because yes. yeah, we don't even know what we're going to ask you. Okay. Yeah. okay. Well, the reason why we wanted you on the podcast is because we have worked with you before, mm -hmm. but you also do a whole bunch of cool shit. Like you write, Thanks. you direct, you uh -huh. act. Uh, you have a play coming out uh -huh. in May, which we will get to based on your life as a DJ. Mm. My very short life as a DJ, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but I mean, you know, like the the one thing, like what you said, right? Like um, when when we started this podcast. Uh, a big realization for us was the the freedom to just say whatever we want. Like. Yeah. Mm. And whenever I listen to radio, because both Terrence and I have been on radio interviews before. Yes. And it always felt like this is not a conversation. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the thing is that because you have to fit everything in these like two, three minute talk sets, right? Yeah. So it's like, how can we get the best of Harish and Terrence? Mm. within three minutes and mm. so the, the questions are very much structured in that way but at the same time the best of Harish and Terrence cannot have any swear words mm. cannot have any dialect ideally you want to promote good English because so of the idea for, cannot say la like cannot that, say fuck yeah you can say yeah I'm <laughs> just trying to restrain myself here but yeah so um, it, it's, a, it's, a bit, it's a bit of a tricky thing where they want you to be super entertaining but not as you normally would be Mm. Yeah, but like what, be yourself but not like that but what made you want to go into radio in the first place because you had been acting for a long time already right yeah uh, on stage mm -hmm. uh, on TV mm -hmm. in, in audio scripted audio yeah yeah what one made really you, good one yeah what made you want to go oh yeah thank you thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean it was the pandemic I guess so I was like wow do you know that people on radio are considered an essential service mm. yeah and then I was like I was just labelled as a non-essential artist so I was like so were we so were we <gasps> oh 
Well, all of us. You know, so sad, right? But we're still here. Yeah. So, hey, but but uh, speaking of the pandemic, there was also a something during the pandemic that I think you and your husband, your partner, yeah, a uh, whole at, bunch of things. Really. Yeah, got quite famous for right. You did the COVID nineteen. Oh, COVID nineteen parody right? song. Yeah, the parody song. Uh, yeah, it was basically a parody of what? What song? Come was on, it? Eileen. Oh, come on, Eileen. So instead yeah. of uh, instead of a come on, Eileen, we were like COVID nineteen. Do do do. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was okay lah. And, and and I think it went it went quite crazy viral. It was like uh, Singapore viral lah, like. But you shot it at home and, and everything, and and was that a was that a very big point for you? So realizing that eh, uh, there are things that you can do whether on social media or what to y- yeah to I mean like the things that, that you guys do you know I, I think it's it's incredible that you guys really push into it like the podcast you know like the releasing of your of your uh, series that was supposed to be on a different streaming platform on, mm-hmm. on YouTube yeah it was it was a, it was definitely a realization to find out that hey there were different things that I could do to put myself out there to you know if not be essential then at least be like ubiquitous or something mm. but, but yeah, <laughs> I mean like second second constellation prize for Essential so yeah I, I think that was great but I mean when radio came out I was like why not let's try it mm. Mm. <laughs> so it's not something that you you dreamt of doing when you were younger or anything like that uh, I mean you know I, I'm sure that we all dreamt of so many things when we were younger I wanted to be like a fireman I wanted to be like a policeman whatever <laughs> was on channel 8 at the moment <laughs> yeah. radio DJ yeah, yeah. I think I think previously there was one. So yeah, at some point I think I did. Yeah. So so you when you got the radio gig, a radio DJ gig. What what just what happens in that process? Oh, okay. Because I mean, part of it was also seeing you plastered all on the MRT stations around Singapore. Right, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. And and you and yeah To to my earlier point about the COVID nineteen video, you were, I mean, you were seen everywhere already, Right. So. What was that like? Uh, you know, something of like you know, going from one platform of fame, so to speak, to an, the next platform where the institutions and all the big media companies also also like invest in you, and now you are face of the company and all. I don't know. I mean, possibly I think uh, because they were looking for somebody to replace, you know, who was very much the face of the station, Maddie Barber, because mm. she was going to go and focus on her jewelry business. So yeah. they were like, uh, we need somebody to take over her. Uh, and I think they didn't want to rock the boat with the rest of the DJs in the station. They were already very established in their own time belt. So they were like, let's bring in somebody outside. And who was somebody outside? I think I just happened to pop up on their radar. So what happens was they brought me in. I did a voice test where I had a conversation with Divian where I tried to be as entertaining as I could in three minutes. And I think I was kind of entertaining. Mm. And then uh, uh, Bernard Lim, who was uh, who was uh, kind of like the program director at the time, listened in. Then I did one of my parody songs. I was like, That's burn for you. What are you gonna do? That's burn for you. And then I proceeded to slag him off for <laughs> the rest of the song. And he was like, Oh, good, good, good. And <laughs> for some reason, then uh, that was all it took, I think. And I had a little bit of training. And then I went on the show. And that was how everything kind of began. Ah, yeah. Yeah. training. Tra- you, you mean you, you still need training to be a DJ? Oh. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> what, yeah. Terrence? Wow. No, wow. in the sense that, I mean, So you what? know what, what Tristan, the guy who is not on the camera, does yeah. for you? Yeah. So strict, strictly speaking, DJs are supposed to be able to do that themselves. Uh, you know, you have to toggle between the songs. You have to slot in like, okay, this is when the ad comes up, whatever. Yeah, and yeah. and also, there are certain things that you have to be uh, kind of like conditioned to 
not say lah. Oh, okay. <laughs> like what? Like what, Joe? Oh, like fuck. <laughs> like nah, I mean, things, things, things that wow, I'm, I'm still feel very self-conscious saying them. Oh my god, because there's a mic in front of me. So yeah, I mean, there's an IMDA code. Uh, no, mm-hmm. no swear words, no singlish, and also just trying to understand. I think the nature of uh, of the program, like what is morning radio, and you are here essentially to give people a happy start to mm. the day. You know, mm. like you don't have to talk about things like. Russia invading Ukraine, yeah. things like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so it's um just trying to get the identity of the program. But was that was that jarring for you? Because uh, like like what you said, you know, you can't talk about a lot of things that uh that trouble people. But you literally you just made a parody song about COVID nineteen back when you know everyone was so anxious about it and all. Right. So so to suddenly you know not be able to talk about uh sad depressing things or what was that <laughs> like jarring for you and and something that you had to be trained. Uh, yeah, in fact, I don't. I, I think I, I honestly, I'll, I'll tell you right now. I I think I was a pretty bad DJ because oh. I I was no honestly. I, I'm watching your face. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> watching to see whether you agree or disagree. But I, I really think I was not very good because I couldn't figure out who I was supposed to be. Like, if you ask me to be an ama on your on your animated series, I can do that. You mm. ask me to be myself, kind of. I think I can kind of do that. But then to kind of be in that middle where you're like. I'm authentically me, but also not the person that cares about, or at least that's not going to talk about any of these issues. And I'm going to be really passionate about things like, so do you know that there is a big roti prata all you can eat buffet at, at a whatever spring leaf or whatever, and, and yeah. just like do a whole talk set about, so what, like crispy or egg prata? What is your favorite? Oh, come on. There's like things that you, you spend a whole talk set about that. And that's what makes you relatable, honestly. It's like, it, it's fun to listen to. I'm not going to say it's not fun to listen to, but I think I, I got very confused because, um, yeah, I just didn't know what version of myself to be. And, and mm. it, uh, yeah. So I think it was terrible. I was always tripping over my own words and things like that. So, Wait, sorry, sorry. Go back to something you said. You yeah. said you think that makes you relatable. Talking about crispy prata. Come on. Them. Come on, if I debate with you, yeah. what is crispy? Whether crispy prata is good versus like egg prata or like roti prata? Oh my gosh! You see, see you know, like now I'm tripping over my own words. I don't know the other the various types of prata. Yeah. Right, yeah. that is going to be more accessible for a large group of people than if I say, let's talk about who is to blame for the invasion of Ukraine. But 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 uh, okay, I mean, so who is to blame, Terence? But but no, but literally, Tell here, me. this is where. <laughs> This is where I will say that's something we run run into a lot. Yeah. When we write characters for our stories and our shows, people tell us, hey, your character is not relatable. Like what you know? characters? Just any kind of character. Like, let's say we have a character who's not the nicest person in the world. And right. then he has an arc. Like, obviously, he becomes better and all that. But the first, a lot of the feedback that we, we seem to get from uh, executives like, right? Right. is, oh, this is not relatable. What? You need to change that. Then we're like, um, what does relatable really mean? Yeah, does, it, I, does it mean that you need to be that guy selling prata down the street? Try, I try. Or, or is it about the intentions of the person and all that? So, you know, when you talk about Russia, Ukraine, I would actually argue that more people were talking about Russia, Ukraine, you know, than crispy prata, than crispy prata on, when it was actually happening and all. I and and that, that's kind of, in some way, what, what makes our podcast, I feel, uh, a very relatable companion for ah. people on their day-to-day, uh, you know, journey to work. Like. They worry about these things. Mm. They fret about these things. But yeah, it's hard to talk to everyone about it. But when they hear two people just sitting there and just talking about it, like, like coffee shop talk, mm. that's what makes it relatable. That's why I'm, I'm quite, I was quite w- curious what you meant by, oh, I... it's relatable to talk about the crispy prata. Because <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> I can't imagine he and I talking about crispy prata for <laughs> really, like 10 really? minutes. Maybe we try, uh, we try. <laughs> <our parents. laughs> 
<laughs> Go. No. <laughs> but, no, but, but that crispy prata thing was it like something that you inserted, or was it like one of those ads that you had to organically insert? Ah, uh, no, 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 no. It wasn't. It was literally like. Uh, I mean. So I think part of sourcing uh, friendly, okay, so relatable is one thing and also like mm, non-political, mm. right? I mean, okay. you don't want like some spy somewhere to like lift this and go, ah, let's destroy this island. So, I mean, uh, yeah, you, you don't want to, it's a national radio station, so you don't want to say anything that could potentially incriminate uh, mm. the, the the country. So what is the least offensive stuff? Uh, you find it on, <laughs> you know, or, or like, like, so, so like sometimes we will go on Mothership and we will mm. be like, huh, what is the trending article mm. this morning on Mothership? And uh, uh, okay, how can we build on that? Oh, so uh, that is like the, the the content that you have to fill up uh, in between the songs and yes, the ads. Yes, and, yes, So that's something that you and Divian would... would um, and the producers, I mean, the producers were really actually very good at figuring out like, okay, what, are people interested in uh, mm. things like that. Like. But, but the debate between the Prata one, for example, it'll be you and Divian. Oh, yeah. everybody would jump in. Like At first, it was me and Divian. Then as, as it became clearer that I had <laughs> limited opinions on Crispy Prata, then <laughs> <laughs> the producers who had been around forever, they'd be like, don't worry, we got this. And then it became like a three-hander, four-hander kind of thing. Oh, so uh, some yeah. other people were on the show as yeah, well. Yeah, the producers uh. are the Tristans of, of that world. But with a mic. Yes, but with a mic. mic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but okay, then, then also just saying, I mean, you're saying you are the worst DJ, but the truth is, like, Harish and I, we have chosen to, to work with you multiple times because of your talent on the mic. Uh. Oh. Uh, so why is it that, you know, that kind of talent, whether it's voice acting and Thanks. all that, what you, you feel doesn't translate to the skills of, of, you know, being an engaging DJ at all? I think because people crave authenticity, Mm. So I'm good at putting on characters, I think. Mm. But at the same time, like, if you want to be authentic on radio, it's also a type of authenticity that's very censored. Mm. And it's very curated. Like, for example, if you look at my poster, <laughs> like, that's not me. Yeah, you're <laughs> talking about the, the, the SPH one? poster. <laughs> the SPH poster. I was like, the wow, my eye bags, they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> I lost like 10 kilograms. Oh, so, that was so, the one you in blue, right? Uh, uh, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. I have it. I don't know. Yeah. Whether... She, she's, showing, she's showing us right uh, now. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm trying to... No, there was also one more where you were wearing the brighter blue jacket that was all over the MRTs. Um, it wasn't that. It ah, was... yeah. I was wearing like a low-cut maroon top. Maroon? Mm-hmm. Uh, maroon dress. Yeah, because we all oh. had to be in shades of oh, okay, red. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. That was the one that was all over the MRT also. Like, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it on the, you know, the SPH building last time you yeah, drive yeah, past? Yeah, oh, that, the that one was one. me in the, the pyjamas. Uh, so it was, you I were mean, blown me up as to far huge, as, yeah. big size by yeah, the road. Yeah, I, I guess that's why they had to shave 10 kilos off lah, because <laughs> magnified to that size. But what, what, what do you feel when you first saw all these posters around with your I, face all over I it? I just felt I couldn't really live up to it. I was like, first of all, again, I think that came into my identity identity crisis when I was like, okay, first of all, that's not me. So do I have to be like that? And I think I also grew up in a time where, so now people are like, we want authenticity or what they think is Mm. authenticity, right? But I also grew up in a time where all the DJs kind of like talked like this. Mm. So I was like, I'm going to talk like this on the radio. And they went like, no, no, don't, don't talk like that. I was like, then do I talk like that? This is my normal voice. She was like, no, no, no. (laughs) Then I was like, I'm so confused. So I I guess it it was, it was a really interesting thing. I mean, maybe part of it was that I was just not comfortable enough with myself. So Mm. I didn't trust myself to 
be articulate and and uh, listenable to out there uh, as I hopefully have grown more to be. But at the time, I was just really like, it's either like that, I like you know, keep my voice to myself, or I put on a character like this. <laughs> You're listening to the best music on the move, things like. That. <laughs> so did you did you used to get like nervous before your shows? Yeah, because I got really. At first, I wasn't. I was like, you know, uh, it's talking. I I do it every day. Like. <laughs> How hard can it be? But I think finding the right way to talk on radio, I think that was very. Uh, is at one point it it crippled me. I think oh, I, wow. I, I couldn't. Yeah, and and but according to some of the DJs I spoke to, like a lot of people hit that point where they just like, okay, I have to navigate this balance. There's just one point where they go like, I don't even know what to say anymore. So and but a lot of them get through it. I guess I just didn't. Mm. Yeah, but so so if that is a what kind of like advice were you getting? Like, is it just push through until you you find that middle ground? Because if you say a lot of people got over it, yeah, is it part and parcel like the baptism of fire for any DJ? Ah, uh, according to some people, they have said that yes, it is. Yeah, mm. so I don't know whether I've ever pushed through it. Maybe it would put me back on air now. I would be more comfortable to talk I suppose mm. but I got conflicting advice so one school is that some people were like you listen to yourself listen to recordings of yourself every day and think about what words you want to slow down on and some people were just like don't do that like you just at one point you will push through and then you will come to this place where you have become enlightened and then you will just trust whatever comes out of your mouth and that doesn't come from listening to yourself over and over so you have very like I would say the old school ones are like listen to yourself and mm. think about what kind of voice you want to put on and the more modern ones are like yalla everybody wants to be authentic you know just kind of push into that find your own kind of like howdy kind of like whatever voice that is mm. yeah but was it was it something that you saw the other DJs also like their radio voice is very different from their real voice no I mean like I think if you talk to people like Shamin Yi or or like uh, yeah she actually sounds very much like herself because she's already like an energizer bunny uh, some some DJs uh you, you can hear that their normal voice is different from their radio voice, which is, which is I think, is normal. You know, you're performing, mm-hmm. so you put on something. I mean, even if you're just like Harish or Terence hosting, you wouldn't be like, hey, hi, anyway, welcome to this wedding. You'd be like, hello, welcome to this. I mean, you'd put on some kind of mm-hmm. magnified version of what you presume yourself to be. Mm-hmm. But I think if you don't know who that is, then it's very hard to magnify it. Uh, yeah. Wow. This is all uh, it's super interesting for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not in front of camera for for anything that we've done. Usually, other it's than right there. I mean, <laughs> no, no. So you yeah. attest to this, like even the first time we started doing podcasting, putting my voice out there. I think we, you can hear our early podcast how nervous and how mm. unsure we were of the whole process. Like. Oh, but for us, there's nobody to tell us. Oh, this is what you should do. This is how you push through. Right. So I think for us, it's just okay. We just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And now we know like nearly 400 episodes and everything. And we realize, yeah, people, nowadays people, they, they're just like, oh, leave the uhs and the ahs and the ums in because that's what makes you, that's who you are. Yeah. You're not going to hide from people. And, uh, you know, I can't cut to a weather report or, uh, you know, a music or anything like that to distract people from my, my, my voice, Zhaoxia or something. <laughs> so it's, yeah, hearing this is, is quite, it's quite mind blowing to me that in this day and age, that's still, it's still very, a very curated uh, DJ that has to go on air. Like. I, I think, yeah, to a certain extent. I mean, you know, I don't know. I think there was this guy, I remember, I used to do PR. Then there was this guy called Oli Pettigrew. Mm-hmm. Like, he was mm-hmm. just like, talk oh, like yes. this. And you put him on air and he's just the same because he's just like that all the oh, time. So some yeah. people just have a talent for it. Don't, isn't he like, we have a, we have a small link with Oli Pettigrew. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. What's that small link? 
because he was hosting this show in the US called uh, something like they they just cow the internet for viral videos, and they covered two of our videos before. Yeah. Oh, because Oli Pettigrew has some link to Singapore, right? He yeah, yeah, he was based here for a while. Yeah, so then he went there, and then he picked up one video of ours. Then that was the first time we were being featured on US TV. Wow, well done, man! And we were like, oh fuck! Then I think we messaged him. Then there was another video also. And when we met him at the Asian Creative Academy Awards, he was very warm, like, like he remembered ah, us, and all. Yeah, yeah. like, oh shit, this is cool, man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh-huh. like, he's just one of those guys. He's like, you know, he talks in a certain way in real life, and he's just like, this is me, you know, love me, and people do. And yeah, unfortunately, yeah. not everybody has that. <laughs> <He's very laughs> right? warm, I mean, it's just yeah, yeah so, not like that, lah. So then, okay, so so the the thing about Singapore radio, which also sometimes yes. I I find like a, yeah. a bit confusing, is I think the more people understand the need for authenticity and all, right. I would assume that people can tell that the, there's a radio voice, right? Yeah. Uh, that even now people hear when radio, on radio. Was yeah. there any talk internally of like, maybe we can try getting people to sound more like people? Or is the direction generally, we are radio, we are mass, right. um, we do know what people should sound like. Either we get in people who sound like that, or we get in people and make them sound like that. Yeah. Or was it ever a thing like, okay, maybe we need to start thinking about letting people talk the way they really talk? Yeah, I, I think actually uh, bringing me in was like, oh, you know, she hasn't been, like, she hasn't gone through these waters. She's not like, you know, she doesn't have like this Americanized accent yet. Like, let's try. Mm. And then of course, the moment you put me on, I'm like, I want to do an American accent because I think that's what radio sounds like. So I think there was a, a an attempt to push in that direction, definitely. Mm. Like, and Divian just kept going, no, it's okay. It just sound natural. But maybe like not so fast. And you know, okay, uh, I think it wasn't really very clear what you were saying. So it, it's, um yeah, I, I think... There has, there is an uh, attempt to push towards authenticity, but everybody's still t- trying to figure out how to get there. And I think that's why, I mean, honestly, like people like uh, the DJs, like the Muttons, they're doing super well because people are like, I have not heard this type of voice before this. Mm. You know, I mean, I mean, they have that because they've been around for a long time. But I mean, they are probably the top English radio station show now because uh, people are like, this is so refreshing. All those ads which go like, hey, this one, my aircon, you know, you, you must yeah, have heard those yeah, before. People yeah, are like, whoa, yeah. this is great. So I think they want to hear more of that. But at the same time, if you think about the Portugal accent, Gourmet doesn't talk like that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Doesn't. So there is some sort of like, how can we play towards this sort of what people what, what people think they want or what people think is authentic? So it's just... Uh, wow. Yeah, I think people are trying to figure out what that ground is. But are the numbers of radios, how is it comparing over the years? Because now people have more choice also, right? Yeah, like, like y'all... With, with podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is it something that is still... Like the radio baseline will hasn't really dipped and there's a constant base? Or do you have any access on the date, to the data? Or the oh, numbers? yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen them. Uh, definitely, I would say, from what I've observed anyway, there has been a dip across the board, definitely, now that mm. there's a lot more access to to all kinds of different listening experiences. But as long as people drive, and as long as people uh, in Singapore, I think they want to hear about things that are local, uh, and uh, it's generally because radio is live. Mm. So they do, if you want to ingest your news in that way you're going to have the most current thing I mean of podcasts hmm. they do have some kind of editing or whatever so yeah they just want to hear what's going on then um, they would still tune into the radio so there is there is a certain baseline I think below which uh, they won't really fall at the moment anyway until technology changes some more mm. yeah but but just for for DJs in general you, you mentioned that it was sort of 
a reaction to the pandemic all that you started considering it. Um, do you feel that DJs are sort of have an iron rice bowl as compared to other other entertainers uh, in the in the space? No, <laughs> <laughs> I don't because it's it's also uh, like there's or no chat GPT. Yeah. <laughs> oh, have you tried talking to chat GPT? I'm not yet talking, not but, chat, yeah. but I think it's just a matter of time, like. I know, right? Yeah. I mean, it's in its name, right? Like yeah. chat GPT, yeah. so we should be able to. Anyway, yeah. So yeah. so so um. No, because uh, last time there used to be a thing uh, where people would say, like, you've got a face for radio. I mean, it's uh, been decades since that was the case, right? Yeah, yeah it's different. Yeah. So, so yeah, like radio DJs now, they have to be marketable. They have to be attractive in a certain way. Um, or if not, then at least super relatable so people can put you in the, ah, this is the girl next door bracket or this mm. is the like my neighbor from whatever, my army buddy kind of thing. They have to be able to place you in a certain thing. And I think the moment people don't really know how to place you or at least your bosses don't know how to place you, they go like, well, she's not, she's uh, she's not really super attractive. I don't know. I, I, I won't really say this is from personal experience or whatever, but, but as in like, I think the moment people don't really go like, okay, she is like the mother. She's going to appeal to all the people with kids out there. She is the, oh, she's the firebrand, you know, she's a, she's the sexy kind of like the very rebellious one. I think people, the moment people or your bosses don't really know how to place you, they'll just go like, no, nah, let's replace them. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So, so they don't place you, they replace you. Uh-huh, that's uh. right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. So, uh, because I, my, my sense was that uh, DJs kind of, yeah, they, they have that radio show. But yeah. because they, you know, like over audio, over radio, and like you said, it's all live, right? Yeah. They start to form very intimate relations uh, in terms of with the audience, like, you know, audience. Yeah. Oh, I listen to you every morning. I listen to you every night before I sleep. Yeah. I remember back in the days when we were studying, you know, late at night or just hang out late at night. You Who listen. did you hang out with? Uh, just myself lah, in my room. And then? And, and on the radio? Uh, I don't know, Howie Lim or, oh, or one right. of those, yeah. But, you know, till like two in the morning, I ain't glad yeah. on, you know. Yeah. So, you, you have very fond memories that, that are formed through the radio. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I've always seen DJs as like, you, you can't separate their personality from, from their job. And right. that's what makes them more uh, irreplaceable but yeah. what you're saying is that nowadays it's like if you can't market you as a, you know, a bit like Sonia Chu, you can host NDP, you can you can uh, sell Pokim jewelry, whatever. <laughs> if you can't do that for you, then it, it doesn't really work for them anymore, lah. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I think, of course, uh, the the reason why uh, people need to place you in a certain bracket is because you want to get a certain number of uh, uh, like core listeners, right? So mm. if like this is the lady who's like, well, you know, I'm going to talk about my experience with my kids every day, then people are like, oh, wow, that's like so relatable. Then you have enough uh, listeners. Then they can track your listenership. Like mm. on your time belt, people will listen to you. But if you are kind of like, people don't really know how to place you, then I think then you your listenership will drop off and then that's 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 what happens. But also a big part of it is uh how do advertisers identify with you? Mm. You know, because mm. radio still makes money through advertising. Yeah. So if they don't really know what you can like who are you, Harish, mm. you know, like do you like crispy prata or not? <laughs> like they, they don't know, then they, then then it's gonna be hard for like the Prata company to go like, you know. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah. So so your time belt was what? Uh, six to ten, six prime time. A.M. Six p.m. Six a.m. Six a.m. Yeah, ten. it's for other people. It's prime time, Harish. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not for you. Yeah. So, what time did you have to get into office? Uh, it's on paper five. In reality, <laughs> like five forty-five, five fifty, mm. or yeah, yeah. And and it's a very 
yeah, yeah, I will. Sometimes, <laughs> some, sometimes I will come in late. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, but that that that's not that's not good, lah. Like, because everything's supposed to be live. So, oh, you, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. I mean, sometimes if if it was a like a very hard day or whatever, then we would pre-record some segments. But you're not supposed to. Like, everything's supposed to be like, hey, we are really here up with you, you poor NS boys going back to Tekong. We are here to accompany you on your journey back. Uh, so, but yeah, everything is supposed to be live. But but yeah, and then in practice, sometimes not so much. So yeah. six a.m. to ten a.m. Um, and but I mean, there must be some sort of a rush with that, right? Knowing that it's live. It's weird, you know, because when you're in a studio like this, right? Mm. And again, like all you see is the same people every day. Mm. It doesn't feel like it's live. You know, and like, you have live live performance experience, right? So yeah, you, you do have. You do know what you're talking about. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, like, so if I say something and it's like very off or very boring, and I'm saying it live, you can see the audience's faces like change but mm. you can't do that on radio you can only see your partner and the job of your partner and your producers is to back you up so no matter what you say they'll be like it's terrible <laughs> you know like, because like even if the talk set is bad even if I've yeah. said something boring or I've tripped over my own words or whatever the producers have to back me up they mm. can't be like you know they can't be like dead silent so you, you don't know you don't know like there's no live feedback Wow. I mean, after that, they might go like, that was terrible. <laughs> something, but, but, but no, I mean, you have a limited amount of time to deliver the talk set and it has to go out. So so did it ever feel like um, it became just a formality? Like you're just going through the motions of, of this live show? Because live show, everything I've heard from live performers, even when we have been on stage, there is a certain exhilaration there. La. Yeah. Right, but when it becomes like, like almost like a desk job to be yeah. on, like to a yeah. certain extent, did you ever feel that? I, I mean, you know, I, I was I was only in there for like less than seven months. But yeah, I think a good like four months. <laughs> that, only because I, I really didn't feel that I knew what to contribute or that I was, yeah, I, I, I knew what to say on radio. So I didn't know what kind of difference I was making. And also, again, because of the kind of topics that we were talking about, which were not necessarily things that, I personally would be very interested in, even though, again, it's definitely very relatable and it's fun to listen to. Mm. Yeah, so I, I, I didn't know what I was doing, like, really. So it did feel a bit like a desk job, yeah. But but then how did that square with uh, the your other per- performing pursuits? Uh? Like, for example, you start in Tiong Bahru Social Club, uh-huh. uh, which was one of the hottest films from Singapore in the last couple of years, right? Right. Um, you know, and it's, it's a, a bit more of an art house kind of audience and yes. everything, right? So how did that, how do you juggle those two yeah. kind of like personalities within yourself? It was weird. So like in the morning, I would go from 6 to 10 a.m. And then I would be like, yeah, okay, let's talk about, okay, so did you know that the baby pandas today open its eyes? And then I'd be like, yeah, that's great. Okay, okay. Go through my mothership checklist kind of thing. And then like, uh, and then like, uh, I would go for rehearsals in the evening. I'd be doing a play about sexual assault. Oh, and yeah. then I'll be like, Hey, actually, can we invite the the playwright on air? And then you could see that the other DJs and the producer would be like, actually, this is very interesting. But do we want to talk about sexual assault at mm. 6 a.m. in the morning when people are driving their kids to work? Mm. So it, then it became like, because it was a great play. It was written by an ex-sexual assault prosecutor. So she saw all kinds of crap. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and and it, there, was, there was so much in there about the things that the sexual assault... Uh, victims have to testify like where did they touch you I want you to reenact where he touched you and it's just like so much trauma you know mm-hmm. and, and 
so I would be doing like happy things in the morning then I would go in the evening and I would do this play about sexual assault and then like we would have to like talk about like okay how can we keep ourselves like mentally safe kind of thing and it was it was it was weird it was like I was living these two two different lives wow yeah the next so. morning you have to repeat again. I'm like hey so the pandas oh my goodness yeah wow. it was it was uh, interesting I mean the, the great thing about theatre here is that I, I suppose because we have a limited audience so we don't we're not subject to as much like okay if you're on TV there's certain mm-hmm. things like okay what is the moral of this story mm. uh, whereas like on theatre you're like okay I want to talk about this you know I'm going to talk about th- these things about all these people who are falling through the gaps I'm going to talk about corruption whatever all these things and you you can do that with less oversight in theater so really going from national radio to theater in the evenings it was really like the topics we were talking about were totally different so mm. yeah that was very weird <laughs> wow but did it affect you negatively or anything yeah i, I don't know i i think i just became really short tempered <laughs> oh really yeah i i don't know what it was i i yeah i just became super short with people i mean i don't know whether that was just a lack of sleep or i was just like yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just felt like there were a lot of things that I wanted to either protect myself from or I didn't want to talk about. So at certain times, I would just be like, okay, I have to be happy. I don't really want to talk about these things. And I think that was like bad for me, I think. Mm. And it came out as a very short temper, I think. I see, I see. And yeah. then the, the, the people around you, your your family and all that pointed that out to you? Or yeah, yeah I felt like with like a whole bunch of friends when I was oh, doing really? both theatre oh, and, and radio at the same time. Yeah, wow. like, I guess I, I like yelled at them. You know, and then I'd be like, this is like, what are you trying to make me do? And and then, yeah, like, I would behave in ways that I don't think I would have if, if I wasn't juggling these two things at the same time. Mm. And specifically these two things, like, because I can imagine that sort of stress from a intense production is not new to you, right? Yeah. Is it just straddling two different extremes? I think so. I think so. And also, like, going from 5.30 a.m. to, like, 10.30 p.m., it's just mm. a bit like, yeah, I mean, that wasn't helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, the sleep deprivation is something that a lot of... I've heard from other morning show DJs, past and present. It's just like, it's very hard to live a normal life or to be in a good mood or to function normally when you're doing that radio thing. In general, you're just exhausted all the time and you have to go there and you have to be really peppy. Mm. So, yeah, it's yeah, it's a weird balance. Unless you're on like, like 938, then that's news radio. Then you just mm. like talk about the news. You know, you don't have to... Yeah. And your DJing was five, how many days a week? Five days a week, yeah. Five days a week. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Mm. So then was there, was there a specific moment where you knew that, okay, I can't keep doing this. I need to... Yeah, I think it was when I caught COVID. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so I couldn't go to the station. And actually, I think all of us felt it at the same time. Like, so Divian called me on my third or fourth day of quarantine. He was like... Wait, wait, when was this, sorry? Like, um, uh, which, was... at which point during the COVID? Uh, in 2020? March 2021. Okay, okay. Something like that. Yeah, and then uh, we had a call and then like he was actually like, you know, I really feel that, I mean, quite honestly, uh, he was like, I feel that, you know, like, uh, you were really having difficulty like being, uh, and uh, we've uh, we've all been trying to make this group work. And actually now that you're not here, I I can feel that these are the people who know how to do radio and we're happy to have you back. But do you want to think about leaving? And actually, the days that I wasn't on the radio, it was weird. Like, I was just confined to my room, but I was also just like, I'm a lot less anxious. Mm. Yeah. So I, I I, won't say this is true for all the DJs. I'm sure there's so many DJs who are really good at their job and, you know, they, they, uh, they love it. But for me, it was just this constant battle of like, who do I have to be today? I don't know who people want me to be. 
And again, maybe it was my own insecurity where I was not confident enough in myself, but I was just so anxious all the time. And and then so when David had a call with me, I was like, yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, Yeah, I don't think there's any point me coming back and trying to get better and better and better. And yeah, let's just call it quits. Uh. Serious? Yeah. That's, wow. yeah. In the midst of COVID. Yeah, I was like, like at home. They they even shipped this little console to me so that I could patch in from home. Mm. But because there was a time lag, so first of all, it was very hard to come in on time. Mm. And then like you want to bounce off all the four voices like quite seamlessly. So, so it, first of all, it wasn't working. And secondly, also I would listen to the topics that they would be talking about, and I was like, I really don't know what I can add here. Mm. You know, because we had Divian who was going to be a father. And then that's like the time belt where a lot of parents are driving their kids to school. And then you had Irene uh, and Celeste, like both of whom were like uh, caring for children. Yeah. And then like you and me, and I was like, yeah, me and my dog. <laughs> you know, I wear crop tops everywhere. And uh, yeah, so 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 it was, um, yeah, I felt I didn't really fit into that picture of of what would be good for mm. the show because they were talking about like okay so we're talking about like bringing our kids to school and then like okay my kid today oh she cried at the vaccination center and I was really like ah oh, what do I do and I'm like how do I add to this you know do I just throw something super left field like ah oh, yeah you know like just punt her like kick kick her across <laughs> the room like like do I say things like that but you can't so so yeah it was it was a uh, it was just a thing of like yeah, I mean, you want to talk about being yourself, but also there's not necessarily a space for you, mm. I think, in certain time belts. Yeah. So, I mean, like, the fact that Divian brought it up uh, and kind of, like, yeah. like uh, I mean, feels like he was looking out for you because it's probably not an easy conversation for him Yeah, to no, have, it's like. not. I, I mean, I, I respect, I actually respect Divian a lot. I don't think we are good radio partners and he knows this. <laughs> and he will tell you the same. Uh, but he, he was, he's a really, he's a good guy. Mm. You know, he's, he's, mm. he's a good guy. And, and he, he wanted to do what was best for the show and what was best for me also, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. So then after that, it was like unlocked uh, in your head. Then you can get back like, to. Yeah, it was so freeing, you know. Oh. Yeah, I, I don't know. Then because I was supposed to be balancing again, uh, re- radio and rehearsals for Tatuf, which is about a religious imposter who pretends to be a holy man, and then he comes to his family and he scams them of all their money. And I mean, you know, I, I don't know what I can say or cannot say on this podcast, but a lot of people found that very relevant to certain. Uh, institutions in Singapore. Mm, mm. You can say whatever you want. That's all I'm gonna say for now. But yeah, so yeah. there was, and then he comes in and he he robs them of their money, and then he's essentially like uh the whole country, the king gets influenced by this holy man, and then suddenly the whole country goes under this very artificial law, which just goes to benefit this holy man. And then the, meanwhile, this holy man is like sexually assaulting all these girls. So I was having to balance that again with going on radio and being talking about pandas. So so. It was just such a relief, actually. I was like, yeah, I can just focus on my holy uh, corruption sexual assault play. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. Th- it does sound to me, I mean, uh, honestly, this is, uh, I was initially thinking, oh, okay, it's, it's basically, maybe you didn't like the job and all that. La, so, okay, fine. I wasn't good yeah. at it. La, honestly, but but beyond, yeah. that, beyond that, it does sound like even for yourself, like mental health-wise and all that, it was actually very important for you that you stepped away from from radio la. for for me la, for me yeah i think so i mean uh i think what's great about your podcast i think is that you guys talk about whatever's bothering you right mm-hmm. as opposed to like yeah talking about what is uh kind of light and fluffy and palatable mm-hmm. at the moment no in fact yeah. in fact for me like even like i went through quite tough times last year personally okay. right? sorry but to hear that i yeah we stepped away for for like a month 
after that, I felt like I needed to come back and do, do the show because it was not only cathartic for me, but it was because we so we talk a lot about our, you know, everything out there, like whether it's depressing stuff or mm. personal stuff and all that as well. Uh, it actually feels like, hey, if I'm going through a tough time, maybe talking about it and there's someone else listening and hear, and hearing it might also feel, hey, okay, there's a way to get out of this rut. I can talk about it and all that. So I actually felt this, not just obligation, but it felt good for, better for me la, to be able to talk freely mm. and come back and do a show, even though, you know, like I was still dealing with issues and all that. Mm. So so that's the thing I, I'm, I'm finding quite interesting from what you're saying is that it was right. like almost like you. It was like it was causing you so much anxiety that you you didn't want to do it anymore. Right? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm just gonna caveat this again, where like yeah. I I think that uh it's important what some of these people do, because honestly, and I think the the, the play that I'm writing about it's it's also a bit about that where you if the world is falling apart, right? Yeah, you get in your car. Sometimes you really just don't want to hear about how the world is falling apart. Mm. You know, you do want to just have these two friends, whether they are, even though you are not their real friends, right? Just like kind of like being in the backseat and just talking about Prata or whatever it is that they're talking about that day. And mm. it's just nice. It's just nice to have a bit of a hangout. So I think I think uh, that a lot of the time is important for entertainment, you know, I mean, the, the entertainment that you guys make as well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, you guys do some serious stuff and you do some really light stuff that's really funny. I, I mean, I, I still remember, Haresh, you showing up in a toga to arts faculty because you were saying that this is what you would wear to date the arts faculty Whoa. girls. Oh, I really that was like yeah. one of my favourite, my favourite YouTube videos, no joke. Oh, really? really? I was like, this is great. And, and yeah, because, because I think it was smart, but it was also funny and it wasn't <laughs> about whatever depressing stuff was happening in the world, you know, and, and, that's necessary and they make a space for that, you know, and, and I think that's totally great. I just didn't know how I fit in there, honestly. Uh, yeah, I mean, you guys are entertainers. What do you think? I mean, there's a space, right, for just total ridiculousness. doesn't have to be about terrorists all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. The, I mean, personally, I sometimes feel like I need to veg out. So then I would right. just, that's when I go on TikTok or some yeah. shit just because I want to watch stuff that I don't need to think about. La. Yeah. Um, and I mean, even when we do want to talk about stuff that maybe we feel is worth thinking about, we try and layer it with like comedy or something. La. Right. Because if it's too dry, if it's too technical, and that's something that, you know, in the space of like the the intellectual space of the Singapore internet, sometimes I feel people get a bit too... It's binary. La. La. Oh, like, so it's either super smart or super banal. Yeah. Right. Like, and I mean, in some way, we are trying to fill that space because okay. you can talk about what happens in parliament, but you right. need to write like a very academic essay or something. Mm-mm. No, you just, you just talk talk about it in a way and then you make jokes. So I think that's that's generally our approach for to covering news and, and, right. and media. Like, which is why... Like, but I still feel like, yeah, like radio does have a purpose. Yeah, absolutely. It just feels like, what is the next evolution of radio in Singapore? Yeah. Uh, I and know. I don't know whether while you were DJ, did you like listen to or just research how radio is evolving in other countries? Because, you know, one common thing we hear in Singapore is, oh, censorship. Censorship kills everything. Uh-huh. I think to a certain extent, that's true. But I also think to a certain extent, that's not lying. I'm just wondering how other people do it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean like we we were told to go and listen to our favorite radio programs and uh yeah, like so so if you ask me to think about it right now, I think definitely I mean there's different types of radio, right? So uh for a contemporary hit station here, uh like the one I was on, you really have to fit everything into 3 minutes. So 
censorship is one thing, but also the format of everything, where it's mm. just like, okay lah, we are really just here as the stocking, uh, as like the, the packing peanuts. It's like Nas, Nas Daily lah, multiple Nas Daily videos lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so first of all, when you have that structure already, you're like, okay, we need to put a question out, like, hey, uh, you know, like, is it okay to yawn without covering your mouth? <laughs> you know, like, is a girl still attractive when she, whatever, da, 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 things like that. You have to put your thesis out. You have to put your different viewpoints in. You have to round it off with a laugh in three minutes. Mm. And that's already like, it's not censorship, but it's like, it's uh, it's, it's not going to be real. You yeah. know what I mean? That's, that's already not going to be real. It's like when we've gone on radio also, the question yeah. is, okay, they ask us this, they're like, oh, so how do you get into, what made you want to get into media? Uh, yeah, we, uh, we, start? <laughs> we, we met in school uh, we, we wanted to make videos And then we were like Oh yeah Rosa. And then now Coming up next Is a song from John Bon Jovi <laughs> Then we're like Fuck There's so much more To talk about I know I know And the great thing is That do you notice That whenever you go on radio Whatever it is you say Like okay Say something to me So what made you want To go into media uh, I was looking at Porridge one day And I realised Hey there, there can be an ad about this What? That's great <laughs> <laughs> such a funny guy <laughs> Alright, so coming right up. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, for those uh, who can't see it, like Joe just did a great impersonation of what, what she does on radio, like, like how she reacts to No, no, but so for the longest time, like, I thought I was doing a great job on radio because Div is being so polite and supportive, right? So I would say something and I wasn't sure whether it was funny, but he would just be like, <laughs> and I'd be like, wow. I am really killing this. You know, because I couldn't until later he would give me feedback like, uh, you know, maybe just now you shouldn't have. So it's uh, it, it, it's weird. Like, so yes. Would you reciprocate? Yeah, I have to. Uh, I mean, like, you you have to back each other up. You're pretty good at it. Like, you're pretty good oh, at the fake laugh. <laughs> no, <laughs> la. <laughs> don't, don't be like that. Like, terrible. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 yeah, I mean, that, that was part and parcel of it. So, I mean, if you want to talk about, like, overseas, I think there are, the, the programs I like are the ones where there's a lot more space for talk time. But mm. people literally do go on and they want to hear about these things, you know, and they want to yeah. hear from the personalities. So, I think it's hard. Uh. Mm. It's hard mm. uh, with the format. So it's the format itself, uh, that 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 yeah. is almost like it's almost like reached the the pinnacle of radio already. Is it? We have reached the pinnacle of. Radio. I I don't know. I I'm pretty sure we haven't. I mean, there's a much better way. I'm sure than how I did it, or maybe how many people are doing it. Then to 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 make those three minutes entertaining, but it's it actually is hard work. Yeah, it's mm. hard work. Yeah. I mean, so you've you've actually uh taken all these experiences that you've had as a DJ. Yeah. And it's sort of you're feeding those stories into the current play that you're yeah you're yeah on. there's some uh, yeah so, so can, what, what, what's the name of the play and, and it's called Happy Place Happy Place <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> where pratas and pandas are everywhere <laughs> that's right pandas and pratas no, 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 no pandas did I say pandas you did panda. say pandas la. La. you did you did you did panda you <laughs> no, really, really. Yeah. That's that's uh, that was a good talk set right there. <laughs> 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 really, really. Yeah. Yeah. We end with a panda, and people are like, oh, she, can she say that? Because it's Malay, but, but yeah, yeah. But well, otherwise it was great. So, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so it's it's it is about it's about that. Uh, it's called Happy Place. It's about um, this DJ whose radio partner, for some reason, uh, we know that he's gone missing. We don't know why. He just didn't turn up. He could be partying somewhere. You know, he could be a wild child. He's drunk. But basically, so she has to interview a poet and she's a political poet on air 
And uh, so there's this uh, kind of this divide where this like super happy DJ is like, hey, all right. So anyway, tell us a little bit about your poetry. And then the poet is kind of like, oh, okay, you know, I'm going to talk to you about, you know, like uh, uh, defensive architecture because, you know, like we have all these benches which where the homeless people cannot sleep and the fact is that there are homeless people in Singapore. And then the DJ goes like, yeah, that's great, isn't it? And there's just like, it's a story about this disconnect. And at the same time, when the radio partner is missing, you get the feeling from the ads and the people who are calling in that something is not quite right outside mm. and and you don't know whether the radio partner is okay or not, but nobody is talking about it. Both uh... both the DJ and the artist because, let's face it, there's only so much that art can do. Like, I do my play and it's about sexual assault and like, sorry, I hit the mic there, but uh, it's about sexual assault and like maybe, let's say a few hundred people see it and then mm. what's going to change? the next day. So it's about uh, doing art and entertainment uh, in a world that's kind of not quite right or falling apart. But it's also quite funny. <laughs> I just want to reassure people. Yeah. Uh, and and you uh, you wrote it? I did write it, yeah. And are you acting in it? I am lah. It's cheaper lah. And you direct it? <laughs> You directed no, 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 I'm not directing it. I'm getting uh, Chong Zichen. I'm going to plug it here. He's an award-winning director. It was like the Young Artist Awardee. So he's directing it for me. And uh, it actually all takes place accurate to radio time in the space of four talk sets so you see them come into the radio station they do the talk set then in between you see what they do they kind of like plot the songs whatever they talk to each other they're like why did you say that just now second talk set this is what happens and by the fourth talk set everything reaches a climax mm. right? so yeah so, and, so what, yeah. what compelled, compelled you to write this story yeah la, what do you think <laughs> I mean, Darren, you talk about, talking about it for the past 30 minutes I'm yeah. laying I'm laying the, the, the red carpet for her to walk but I mean obviously there's an element when you talk about the, the art and the DJ coming clashing and all, that's yeah. literally, I mean, that is figuratively what's going on in your mind. La. Yeah, kind of, because like radio reaches so many people, but at the same time, there's a duty to fulfill, which is that we want to give people some fun. We want to give them a place to escape to, at least the program that I was on. Then art can go into very like, ah, you know, we're not being censored, so we can talk about so many more things. And then like, it reaches how many people? And at the end of the day, what does it change? You read a super beautiful poem that's bemoaning the loss of, I don't know, like this creature is going extinct because the rainforests are whatever. And then you go like, oh, and then you share it. And then what do you do? Mm. What happens after that? So there's one with massive reach, but where you cannot say a lot of things. And there's one that can say anything at once, but what does it actually change? So that was the kind of like, actually, why am I here? <laughs> Things mm. like the moment for me that came out into the play. And when did you decide that you wanted to make a play about this? I think... Uh, at the end of the radio, my radio stand, I was like, wow, surely these seven months have got to be good for something. <laughs> I was just mm. like, you know, I was like there, there must be some meaning in my life. You know, like, surely they were put there for a reason. Then I just, okay, like, let's, let's try and make something out of it. Oh. Yeah. And this is not the first play you've written, right? You've, you've... Yeah, I've, I've written a few. La. You've written a few. Yeah, and you've been doing media and theatre for how long? Uh, I'm quite old so I think like uh, that, that it's like 17 17 years um, so is that a normally normal thing where you go through an experience and you're like okay I need to turn this into a play. yeah it's terrible I'm like the Taylor <laughs> Swift I'm like the budget Taylor Swift of of like Singapore theatre <laughs> it is like it is oh. yeah I, I, I was drag kinging for a while and then I was also thinking about gender identity then I wrote a play called King about it where I I, uh, I was like um I Re resurrected my drag king persona and then I mm. kind of like made this, this scenario where this woman like 
uh, dresses as a man for a party and then she creates this dragging character around it and then it just refuses to go away. It, it develops mm. a life of its own. So so that was, yeah. So uh-huh. yeah, that, that won like a few awards last year. Yeah, here's another plug. So it might be coming back later this year, but yeah. Oh, mm. nice. Yeah, it's okay. So, so, so this place coming out is going to be happening when? Happy Place takes place from the 4th to 7th of May at Gateway Theatre. Get your tickets on bookmyshow.com. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and yeah. um, just, just... Because, I mean, we've been talking all about this, whether, yeah. you know, DJ being entertainment versus, yeah. you know, artist. What do you hope people take away from watching your show? Well, I don't know, man. I hope they give me some answers. <laughs> answers? No, they, uh, give you answers. <laughs> they give you answers. I think I post the questions, but also I'm just thinking, well, I hope people take away. I mean, it's that, like, I think there's very little that we can do as individuals, I think, but we still need to go out there and try because we need to go out there and feel that I made a difference, whether it is just creating a little bit of a diversion for people in what is really becoming quite a crazy world or whether it's raising people's awareness of things that are happening. At least you want to feel that whatever little my art or my entertainment or whatever I can do as an individual, whatever my job does, I'm going out there and I'm trying to do something in, and that just helps you live with yourself if, if mm. nobody else. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Very profound. But it's fun, yeah. nah, I tell you, it's funny. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm sure you'll be. I'm sure you'll be. Because I think you you, you know how to, you know, uh, build characters and layered characters and inject a lot of humor in them as well. Yeah. I hope so. That's, that's, that's my animation character. So, so I, just just question, are you, um, are you inviting all your DJ buddies to come and watch the show or so? Oh, so an interesting thing is that I, I, I tried to do a giveaway on my old station and I was told by my producer... Yeah, I don't know why, because we're very interested in it, but uh, it was rejected. So is you can't it? come on the show to publicize it. Oh. Is <laughs> it? I, I don't know why. La. I mean, let's not speculate. Yeah, yeah. But I do know that there are a few other small plays that are going on at the same time that have gone on to get interviews. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> do you think any of them will come to the show? Like the, I, the I haven't, high-ups? I haven't. Uh, oh, I, I'm inviting the people that I know personally. La. So mm. so I'll, I'll, I'm inviting Divian, uh, Celeste, Irene. Uh yeah, I'll probably invite Shen, see whether he wants to come. Uh Joshua, because Joshua is great. Like he's an activist and an entertainer. You know Joshua, Joshua Simon? Simon? Yeah, yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's great. He's great. And he's got his own podcast. So I'll I'll, I'll invite like uh, those people that I know and then and they come, they come. I mean Divian uh, has promised to come to my place for the past one and a half years. He hasn't yet. So maybe <laughs> maybe he'll make it for this one. That's a call yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like that long. Oh. Do you guys want to come? I should have tickets yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. that'd be free, great. Free. No, no, that'd be great. That'd be great. Okay, uh, that'd okay. be awesome. Okay. So, I mean, but you know, like, like um, you you did radio, you, it filled your mind so much that you're doing a play about it. Have you thought about starting your own podcast? I don't think, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't because like, I see what you guys do. You know, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of commitment, you know, and I think it's crazy that you guys have gotten to where you are, like one of the top 10 podcasts in Singapore. And But for so many of the people that I know who are doing podcasts, they're just shouting to the void. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, don't, don't you think there are a lot of them who I are? mean, it always starts like that. Really? Uh, I mean, in some way, it, right now, I think what really helps is hearing back from our listeners through Instagram and Reddit and all, and, and all in person. But if not for that, it, does, it can feel like you're shouting into a void. Uh, right. But because... The, that's why the first iteration of our podcast was actually not in its current form. It was very guest-centric. Right. We called it the Mothshroom, which is like the worst fucking name we could have <laughs> thought about it. Like M-O-F-S-H-R-O-O-M. How to pronounce? I don't know what we were thinking about it. We are like, you know, <laughs> Mosh, like, mushroom, 
is when oh. you know like anyway you're morph so and it's I thought it was a mo- mo- morph pit like a no morph pit yeah, yeah. no, no <laughs> one knows yeah and that felt like we were shouting into a void because we would have these guests over but it was no it was more like okay we talk about anything and everything like. right so when we decided the second iteration of the podcast I think the most important thing for anyone starting a podcast is you must enjoy it yourself mm. ah. so like all the conversations Terrence and I have about news and politics even if we didn't have this podcast right we would still talk about it over lunch we mm. argue about things over lunch. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, but in a, in a in a very uh, okay, we, we we agree to disagree. Kind oh, of really? Yeah. yeah. No, it sounds. It sounds. When I say argue, it sounds a lot worse than it actually. Oh, is. But yeah. I don't yeah. know, man. I've never I've never really met anybody who really agreed to disagree. I feel it always. Oh, stuff like stuff. It, it takes a yeah. being open minded is a super is like, a skill. Yeah. yeah, you know, but you know, it always comes back after you're like, I agree to disagree. The next time you argue, it's like, yeah, like last I, time yeah, yeah, you yeah. said this. <laughs> no, but that's why having a show helps. Yeah. Because we we force ourselves to disagree on the show. Ah. Right, no matter how polarizing the topic, how strongly we feel one way, we know that there's the show that we have to we we have to respect, lah, you know. So right. in some way it trains us to be more open minded than we would be if we didn't have a show. Because we are forced to do research on the opposing oh. side. So we go and read and we're like, oh, okay. I mean I don't agree fully, but I can see where he's coming from, you yeah. know. Ah, that's interesting. And I mean, I was talking to you guys about some of your podcast episodes where yeah. literally you did research. Yeah. Or, or sometimes literally in the middle of a podcast, we were like, oh, now I see the other the other perspective. Wow. And I changed my mind about it. That never happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, like, God, God, God. Yeah. As, it, as it, yeah. it's crazy, like in real life, you never really convince somebody of your point of view by talking to them I, yeah. I feel like it's never happened for me I don't know man it's tough la, yeah. but but that's why like honestly like maybe even for anyone out there going through like issues with a friend or a partner start a podcast <laughs> <laughs> forces you to talk put all you to your talk. put all your bedroom problems <laughs> like on air <laughs> <laughs> okay so, because then you almost know like even when we have like some uh, squabbles right before a podcast right there is that show element when we start recording we need to get into show mode, lah. You know, ah, but it's still a, a true version of ourselves, lah. Wow. So, so going back to what you said about it feels like you're shouting in a void. I think what helps is both of us enjoy this, so that even if no one listens, right, it's still part of like, cut, cut, like therapy for us, lah. Whoa. Mm. And that that was a big change for us because the first time when we're doing a podcast we depended on people's schedules uh, like what we're going to talk about whereas now we know three times a week we're going to talk about news okay and sometimes even when there's really nothing to talk about <laughs> that is worthy we force ourselves right mm. uh, because we've also kind of uh, found found to understand that people also listen to us uh, because we share our personal life stories right, you know? right right I think at one point when there was nothing to talk about it would be like hey Maybe we don't record today. Uh-huh. But now we make it a point, even if there's something to talk about, we talk about. Boy steals a bus for five hours, run, rides 100 kilometers. I don't know, man. That's yeah. pretty newsworthy to me. Right? But it's not the most polar. Right, right, So that's right, where we right, force right. ourselves. Okay. Okay. How would you talk to this 12-year-old boy? <laughs> uh, is he really bad? But is he like potentially a F1 driver? You More. Know? <laughs> uh, okay, so, okay. So, so, so it's fun. La. So that's why yeah. the podcast... And like the podcast space feels like you can find an audience for anything. Yeah. Right. Maybe you, your true the Joe Tan will come true, out. But, I don't know, man. No, but actually, interesting. Yeah. actually, just thinking about that, uh, what about not even non-fiction podcasts? Or even like, you know, like even for me, getting right. back into podcasts was not a, a, like a talk show kind of thing, you know? Uh-huh. It was like, I started listening to a lot of like uh, thriller kind of podcasts, like Serial and yeah. all that. Yeah. And or even some of the fictional ones, narrative yeah. narrative fictional ones, they were quite yeah. interesting. 
Uh, I mean, you have that. You know, you have your talent. You have you can perform oh, everything. You. I mean, your partner also. Uh, yeah, okay, he's also uh. a performer. <laughs> so, so there is that that there is yeah. that possibility of let's say even your current show, your play that yeah. you're doing, right? If that's converted to like a radio drama, no, for it's example, possible. It's possible actually. Yeah. Then, yeah. then that could be quite interesting, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it's possible. It's possible. It's just that you, you don't. Yeah, yeah. So, so we do have an audio described show, and then we were like, actually, do we need to audio describe it? Because it's essentially what's an audio described show. So it's for the visually impaired audiences. So they oh, come in, no. and then like for example. So they hear what is being said necessarily, but then also we have like one cast member who's missing, right? But then as he's missing, of course you see the actor and then he's in another space and then you see like what's going on with him and some of it is pretty ridiculous. Uh, so so we have to audio describe that. Mm. So, but then strictly speaking, if we don't bother about him, <laughs> like it could really just be a conversation on air and then off air, it's just like, what do you say that just now? Like, like mm. yeah, things like that. So mm. yeah, you're right. It could, could very well be. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting space. Yeah. yeah, it's a fucking interesting space. Yeah. And I mean, you were with us when you we recorded an audio, audible scripted audio. Yeah. Uh, uh, and we still have that article, that front cover of the Straits yeah, Times yeah. outside. Yeah, it's on your wall. Yeah, it's on our wall. Yeah. And you are part of that. Oh my God. We recorded yeah. in this room and that was a big eye-opening thing for us also in the audio space. Yeah, I think people are also more open to hearing audio stories and all. Yeah, yeah, uh, I think it's great. I mean, you know, it, and it's gone like to so many different countries, right, where they don't expect Singaporeans to sound a certain way mm. which oddly enough we are expected to sound on national radio mm. I, I'm trying to do a very roundabout thing where do you feel it's weird where like on national radio we're expected to sound a certain way for Singaporeans but it's in a way which no Singaporean really yeah. speaks yeah. yeah, but that's like a lot of Mediacorp shows also I mean it's it's because of the code la, where we're not allowed to yeah. speak English but that's our language so if you were to speak like how you were speaking now back when you were on radio there would be some feedback is it? No la, because... But you cannot say no la, la, right? I mean, I... Okay, so nobody knows where the line is. There's mm. a certain number of la's before it becomes singlish. Oh. Uh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because like, I can get away with, come on la, you're listening to... You know, but 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 like, if my whole thing is, eh, wow, come on, eh, please, eh, eh, why you like that? Then people will be like, I think you've crossed the line into English, but nobody really knows. So it's also a lot of like, unfortunately, that uncertainty also leads to self censorship, right? Yeah, you just, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been no talk about let's let's start a English station, you know, like yeah, just an experiment. Is there a dialect station? I feel like there's dialect TV now. I'm not sure if there's a dialect station. I think Maybe there's just people who cannot pronounce R that say it's dialect TV. <laughs> Oh that's a good one thanks uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I but I can't tell whether that laugh was real or it not it was real I couldn't tell <laughs> I apologise I apologise <laughs> but yeah but but it's weird like for example um, you can play like uh, BTS songs on air right because it's uh, it's Korean it's foreign language it's foreign language song so let's play it mm. but you wouldn't play a Chinese song on an English radio station because oh that's not the, the radio station's language or you wouldn't play a Malay song because or you wouldn't play like why you so like that yeah. And that's just weird because yeah. I'm playing a Korean song. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when does it become, I don't know, mm. is it, the, the, the lines are all very muddy. Uh, it's, it's, it's just bizarre. Uh. It's, a, mm. a, it's a bit of a, a very um, 80s, 90s view of, of the world. A what, Cold War so? era view. I mean, like, like what you said, like, like uh, you can take in foreign influencers when yeah. it's part of the mainstream. Yeah. Approved pop culture. Yeah. But the moment something, you know, uh, 
threatens your what your national identity is yeah. about you know CMIO and different races and different demographics and all. Yeah. Suddenly, like whoa, everyone's like you can't do that, yeah. you know. And it's also like you know, it's okay if it's a foreign language, but if it's our own language, like if I say eh, hey, hey, want to go makan eh, yeah. but that one is Singlish, no, but. Makan is a Malay word. Yeah, it's yeah. literally our national language. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 very strange. Like again, like there is a tolerance, but we don't know where the markers are. Mm. You know, before it becomes like there's too much English on this show. Yeah, so, I think I think language is becoming a super. Uh, it's it's becoming a battlefront uh, in Singapore yeah, for a lot of. Uh, different opinions about, you know, foreigners, about uh, taking oh, in people. English you know, tests. English oh, tests. English tests. Yeah. English yeah. tests where, yeah, even if you speak, let's say you speak all the other national languages super yeah. well, but you don't speak English well, then, oh, sorry, yeah. you can't come in, you know. Because that's so yeah. sad. Because, like, I literally have, like, friends, grand- and in fact, my grandmother can't mm. speak English. Yeah. You know, like, my, my, my mom's English is also a bit dodge sometimes, you know. Mm. So it's, it's a... Yeah, so sad leh. It is, it is, yeah. We, Pioneer generation, you know. I know, I know. Build yeah. this country. Yeah, we've had very heated debates yeah, on this yeah. podcast about it. That oh, was our it? most heated po- debate. Oh, really? About yeah. what language was it in? Uh, English. Proper bo- <laughs> a queen, the Queen's English. The Queen's English. But that's why I see uh, yeah. radio has that, it has to grapple with this problem. Uh, like, how come you're playing Korean music, but then yeah. I, cannot, I cannot speak Malay or speak another language? Because yeah. we, we've... I think even for casting, you have encountered issues like that, right? Oh. Mm. Being ethnic uh, Indian yeah. and then thinking about being casted for other other yeah. language. Oh, you mean with the, with the networks? With our, uh, yeah, with the networks. Yeah, uh, they have yeah. these guidelines in place. Oh, yeah. I, I know this Malay actress. I mean, so she's, I mean, she's Arab, blah, and she's very pretty. Then she's been rejected for a few roles because she doesn't look Malay enough. Mm. Yeah, I mean, your, your, sound, your sounds of uh, ascent lead me to believe that you have heard this before. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've have, have heard before, I've heard before. And <laughs> and I mean so so that's why, you know, like the in some way radio, um how how did that experience shape your perspectives on anything Singaporean? Because in some way, like what you said, radio it gives you a lot of reach. Yeah. Right. But did that did that give you any epiphanies of like, oh shit, how you think about your craft and how you how you kind of well, I don't know anything about the Singapore identity or did it, yeah, absolutely. Did it inform you in any way? Yeah. I mean, I've been thinking about it for a while. Like, uh, So actually, my only acting training was when I went to uh, France, this school called Eco Philippe Gaulier, where uh, it was an international drama school. So my teacher, who's French, right, he took the classes in English, but he's like, because he took students from everywhere, he was like, Perform the Shakespeare monologue in your own language. You can find the the, the translation online. No worries mm-hmm. if I don't understand it. I just want to see that you're being authentic. And then, uh, so like the Japanese girl will do it in Japanese. Uh, the girl from uh, Hong Kong will do hers in Cantonese, for example. The girl from Taiwan will do hers in Minan Yu, which is like Hokkien. And then I would come on, I would be like, to be or not to be. And then he'd be like, no, 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 speak in your own language. And I'd be like... <laughs> I am speaking my own language. Then I'll be like, okay, maybe it sees I'm Chinese, maybe it's racist. I'll be like, and it would be terrible, right? And then he would be like, no, no, I said to speak in your own language. What is your own language? And I realized I didn't know what my own language was because as a Singaporean, I grew up being ashamed of the way I spoke. And then, of course, then I went into radio and I was like, oh, you know, I think I've shaken off this kind of like uh, identity crisis and I realized I hadn't. And actually, I think... A lot of us haven't, you know, so mm. it's, it's mm. Uh, yeah. So yeah. how do you end up performing that? Oh, To what? be, ah, uh, or not to be. You want to be or not? <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I just tried to, yeah, talk a bit more like myself, but it was hard because, you know, you don't know what yourself is, right? So it's, mm. like, it's weird. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, even when going when we first went to when I first went to US to study, like because we ah. both studied in US. Yeah. I think my first year I was caught in that that vortex yeah, right. of should I be speaking American accented try, English? Try, try. Oh, uh, well, I can't even, I can barely even remember already. Uh, uh, who, yeah. who like talk how, to a how's friend? How's it going? How's it going? Hey, how how are you? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks, man. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's horrible, that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember, but but after a while, I realized, yeah, it's. I got so ang- anxious every time I had to yeah. speak in public with an accent, you know? Right. That I was like, you know what? I'm just like gonna speak how I speak. And I know Singaporeans, we speak very fast. Yeah. So if I slow it down a little bit, it actually is not as bad as I think, as yeah. I used to think it would be. Like I used to be ashamed of how yeah. Singaporeans sounded. But after a while, I'm like, no, no, this is just how it is. And yeah. you are going to, I'm going to speak slowly so that you can understand me better. But there's no reason that you can understand a French person speaking English and you can't, and you tell me Absolutely. you can't understand a Singaporean speaking English. Right? Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Yeah, how, how do you sound? I mean, for me, like, I always got turned off by people who put on accents. Right. And I remember I went for the orientation before school started. So I made very close, uh, I, I got very close to some people from like Sri Lanka, Trinidad and Tobago, oh. Mexico and all. And yeah. all of them were speaking with accents. La. Right. And I remember also when I heard some other Singaporeans talk with that accent, I was like, why do you have to talk like that? Can people really not understand us? And okay, it's true, we do talk very fast. Yeah. But I think I, I made it a point to just slow down the way I talk because I didn't want to change the way I talk. I so you I never Americanized yourself? No, I, I think all I did was I would speak a bit slow, slower and right. enunciate better. Yeah. But my hallmates did tell me that for the first three months, they couldn't understand what I was saying. <laughs> like, I would go into the room, I was like, hey guys, want to go eat? They'd be like, uh, <laughs> yeah. And they told me, I said, dude, we had no fucking idea what you were saying, but they yeah. grew to understand what I said. Um, which, which I mean, a part of it also, right, when I saw, I had one Ecuadorian friend, uh-huh. his English was shit. He was like, uh, want to go eat the little bit salad, and like just a, he he didn't even pronounce V because in Spanish there's no there's right. no there's no V there's no there's no B there's V and little V and all. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and then like on Facebook they don't put haha they put J A J A because the J is pronounced as a right, H. Right, right, right. Yeah. But it was always oh their accent is so cool. Right. And the Trinidad and Tobagan guy is so cool. Then I was like, no, fuck, man. The Singapore accent is cool as well. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was quite happy with that, that my closest friends all got to know. And then they would see me also, hey, Chibai, want to go eat? And I'm like, Whoa, oh, thank you so much. You know, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, bring Singapore culture to the world. Yeah. But now, now, like with the TikTok CEO, you know, oh. going for a Congress and all that. Yes. Uh, people starting to really notice the Singapore accent. Yeah, and, yeah. And celebrate it a bit more. So but his like, accent also was, well, yeah, you can get a tint, hint, uh, there are tints, uh, hints of Singaporean. But you, you right. can't blame him because he also has lived in uh, China. In China. Yeah. And worked, lived and worked in and, China. And you don't want US, like so. the, the panel to like wait three months to understand what he's saying. <laughs> like, right? <laughs> 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 they have to understand me there. But I mean, that's the, I, I do feel that that's the thing about the dominant cultures, right? I mean, because they're so used to only hearing their own culture mm. that, that I mean you, you you just can't acclimatize to any other any other culture any other and then so to be understood by them unfortunately you have to yeah, you have to do it or mm. well, you stand your ground for three months which is great yeah. Mm. Yeah. so for, for your yeah. play do you insist on a certain way that the actors must talk or anything oh no so I'm playing the DJ <laughs> okay okay so you're playing DJ so, so you can I, ham it up and everything yeah right? I had a yeah so I literally start with hey you're listening to Val here on 110.0 and we're having an exclusive <laughs> interview <laughs> like so it's, it's a weird kind of like it's 
almost American, but yeah. there's points where it drops off, so you are not quite sure <laughs> like mm. what she's trying to do. So, but that yeah. was intentional. Like. It's intentional, yeah. Totally. I see, I see, I see, yeah, I see. yeah, yeah. It's, wow. a lot of, it's a lot of fun to do. Uh, interesting. Because, yeah, we did, we, we did speak to a friend recently from Finland oh. uh, who basically said, yeah, Singaporeans, and he's in advertising and all that, he said, Singapore is one of the strange places that, where he's worked where, where over here we don't seem to want to cater to the local market. You know, whether it's the oh, way we market yeah. to them or anything. We just keep saying, oh, you know, Singapore's too small market or Singapore's too hard a market to crack. Yeah, yeah. So nobody puts an effort to, yeah. what is the identity of this place? How Absolutely. do I crack the market here and uh, talk to people in a way that doesn't treat them like children? I you know? know, but it's like that, that movie, right? The Maya and the last whatever, that My, Disney movie Maya... Something Princess Maya, Maya, Princess Maya, South South Raya, Raya, the last dragon, Princess Maya. Sorry, sorry, but Raya, the last dragon is like, I think they were trying to be like, okay, so Southeast Asia, you know, all the countries are very small, very mm. small markets. Let's make it into one big Southeast Asia, and then everybody was just like, where is this place? I think mm. the problem is that when you try to make everything too global, it's not real. Yeah. And when it's not mm. real, it's not relatable. And when it's not relatable, people will just be like, this is, I I don't like this. You know, mm. it's because it's not. It's, you, you made up some corporate, like PR bullshit version of, of, of this, this yeah. thing to give to me. Yeah. So Imagine if the Koreans were forced to have to speak English before they made their films or sang yeah. their songs. You know, yeah. they, they, they wouldn't, they'd be like, always be compared to, um, you know, Americans and all. Absolutely. They wouldn't have their own identity. They wouldn't be playing on local radio stations if so. Yeah, yeah, totally. But yeah, but that's the thing. Like, we're not, we're not the, the ones deciding all these, all these things. Like, that's why but. little we can do except to, you know, write plays and, and make art about yeah, it. Yeah, no, all. but you have your own space and you're making your own like shows about terrorists, you know, they're on Sorry. YouTube. Yeah. Great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And even for that show, one big thing for us was we wanted people to speak the way people speak in Singapore, uh. Uh, which was very refreshing. Okay. Um, in, in the sense that even network executives, while they were still around, right. uh, they were very open to that lah. They, oh. they wanted it to be hyper-local, which we thought, hey, shit, this is cool because then you're watching people on TV sound like the people that you see on the street. You know, yeah. the, the loan shark sounds like what you would imagine a loan shark to, to sound like. Yeah, la. exactly. You know, so, so that was a very, it was quite eye-opening for us also because we made the show, we heard that even people in Philippines and Indonesia were watching it. Oh. They were like, oh shit, because now people are more comfortable with subtitles, right? Yeah. And, and I think it's almost like, the more Singlish we make, the more people are like, what the fuck are they saying? Let's turn on the subtitles. Yeah. If they try and get into this middle ground where it sounds Englishy but not really English, then they also confuse us. Should we put yeah. on subtitles or not? That's so, true. So, I mean, that's why even when we have this podcast, the nice thing is we try not to change mm. the way we talk, anyone yeah. who comes. Yeah. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can carry on with that. La. Yeah, that's great. La. How do you yeah. guys feel about that show that was on uh, Netflix, Um, the horror show, damn it? Uh. Mr. Midnight, oh, yeah. Mr. Midnight. Oh. Did you guys see it? No. I haven't oh. seen it, actually. Okay, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. okay. There's a few Singaporean actors and actresses, yeah. right? They are, they are, they are. Kitania Tan. Wow, Tristan, that was very, uh, very perceptive. <laughs> perceptive. Yeah, all all Joe about. did was look at Tristan and but, well, what, <laughs> had it, yeah. But what do you, what do you I mean, without giving no, away so, too much, what Again, do you think I, I feel it? that it, had, it suffers from the same problem where they were like, let's make it a show that's set in Southeast Asia. So it's set in Tanamera, but not our Tanamera. Oh. It's apparently that this little island called Tanamera that where all these ghostly things are happening and it's not in Singapore. So, uh, and then you have also this clash of accents where you, it, it's strange, like, so you have like my, actually a friend of mine, her friend is Shafika Afyandi, she's just talking very normally. She's like, hey, where are you going? You know, kind of thing. And then uh, you have like, uh, this Chinese girl who's like, hey, 
yeah, you're going to be late for the bus. And it's just, yeah, so it's, 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 it's very, the problem is that again, when you're like, let's cater to everyone, whose identity are we following? And everybody gets confused. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's mm, like that long. So, I mean, that's my opinion on it. Yeah. What do you think? I haven't watched it. We okay. haven't watched, watched it, it yet. It's hard to say. But I, mean, uh, I, I, would, I would agree la, that it's not... Uh, yeah, la, the, we always hear the very common refrain from networks and all that. Oh, you know, this character yeah, cannot speak this way. Or you must speak a bit more neutral and things like that. La. Who, so which networks do you hear it from? Is it like Singaporean networks or like overseas networks? No, Singapore networks. Right. Singapore networks. Because yeah, I, Singapore I feel that networks. for your podcast, I mean the scripted podcast, it wasn't like that at all, right? You were quite like... We want people to speak. Yeah. And yeah. If it was more okay. If the story works and if the character is set in Singapore, how would the character sound like? Yeah, exactly. Uh, which was quite, again, refreshing. Yeah. And even for that character, for you, like, we just said, well, what is it? Well, who is it? Like a hardcore bureaucrat set in Singapore. Right. And you came up with that own voice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so, it just feels like sometimes... Uh, and yeah, like what you say, when you try and relate to everyone, you relate to no one. Like. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, totally. In, in some ways, um, uh, for better or worse, uh, I think Singapore is creating an identity for itself in pop culture as a place, uh, as a location. It? As a location. Or is Hollywood creating one uh, for us? It could be Hollywood related, uh, like Crazy Rich Asians, obviously. So we're creating one for the tourists. Uh. For tourists, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like, I, this is the tourist version of Singapore and correct, this is all yeah. you're going to get. And but, in fact, the rest of Singapore has to fit into that. But people like yeah. Kiara Kitty are also establishing a Singapore identity oh, overseas. Okay. Right? You true. heard of Kiara Kitty? I have, yeah. I have, I have, I have. Yeah, you know, recently in Korea, she yes. was really like portraying the Singapore that we all know. Like, yeah, yeah. With <laughs> a low-cut dress. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And cleavage popping up. I, I, I was so proud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but I think no, my, I my thing was just that, yeah, because you see Singapore a lot more, whether it's in Hollywood productions yeah. or all that, uh, you don't you don't think of some oh generic Southeast Asian city when you hear Singapore. Yeah, you think of oh the rich one, rich one, gardens by the bay, all this kind of thing. So okay la, they can we can something for like our show that we did the Audible right. uh series. It was it's meant to be slightly science fictiony la, right? Ah, where yeah. it takes place in the future, where a place where you know technology and everything and stock markets and the financial world and technology can yeah. meet the. So Singapore actually is quite an ideal location for, for that. Yeah, absolutely. So in that sense, maybe it's good that Singapore is opening up and being seen as, oh, it's a nice place to visit. It, yeah. It's a very futuristic city yeah. where things could, ha- could be filmed. Yeah. Um, that opens up things up. And then maybe if as we see more and more of like, yeah. you know, the underbelly of Singapore, yeah. maybe that can also be the yeah. next step. You, you think because like, do you think we can ever get to the point where like, oh, people, because they enjoy content about or coming from Singapore, therefore they learn to understand Singlish, like how they're learning Korean. You know mm. what I mean? Like, oh no, do you think that we're too small and it's just like, nah, we just, we're just going to have to meet in the middle, but the middle is further away from us than it is from other people. Mm. So you're saying like, even, you know, like you hear people who love Japan. Yeah, and then they, they, yeah, they learn to speak Japanese. Yeah. They're like, no, I will only watch it in its original language. You know, you don't have like Japanese people learning to speak American. For. I, I actually think it's possible. Right. Uh, it will take probably longer but just like how now with content of all formats, you 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 can carve out a niche that you want. Mm. So probably there's a small percentage of people in the world who don't know it yet, but uh, <laughs> uh, there's something about Singapore that really tickles their loins. Uh, you know? right, right, you just yes, need to yes. discover it. Mm. Uh, it probably won't be as global a movement as like the otaku is it otaku is that the term sure yeah otaku yeah. gamers um, I don't know whether there's an otaku equivalent for Singapore like someone generally wakes up o- and like fuck o- I hate chewing gum <laughs> um, I like the death penalty 
where is a place I can find that really brings those two things together, lah. You know. Yeah, yeah, um, totally. And and I, I actually think it's possible. I think it's mm. possible because Singapore also is in this unique space where it's like it is a first world city, which I think a lot of other first world cities can relate. Right. Everything you know, rent, inflation, and all this shit, like inequality. Ah, uh, yeah. So so there's something about it that I think. We will have an identity that is carved, lah, for better or worse. That's true, lah. Yeah. I think it's That's possible. True. Yeah, it's possible. But it goes back to the my earlier point that I think we we ourselves as a population or culture need to respect ourselves, our own culture, lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think to the earlier point about the Finnish, uh, the Finnish friend who was saying that they yeah. they cater a lot to their own market. You know, whether it's writers or art or yeah. People in Finland, you know, they look at their own art and artists as important parts of the mm. their culture and economy. Whereas in Singapore, the first thing you hear is like, oh, I don't even want to cater to Singapore market. Yeah, it's like, yeah, uh, don't watch Singapore TV yeah, lah. I mean, yeah, I mean, Singapore I mean, TV is yeah, dead. I mean, you know, hashtag. <laughs> you know, like, Do you watch Singapore TV, Jotan? I watch some Singapore TV. Actually, I think some of the stuff on me watch because yeah. it's not so heavily yeah. like overseen. Yeah, it's mm. quite exciting actually. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's getting, it's, it's, in, it's getting, getting there. Getting there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think yeah. it's, it takes a concerted effort from at all levels. Uh. Yeah. You know, people on the ground, artists, obviously, and also even like institutions, the government and all that. Like the K-pop wave was not, it was not a ground up. No, it was, up it was so top down, right? Yeah, it was so mm. top down. I mean, it was the, the marriage of like commercial interests with, uh, you know, soft, uh, soft power that they wanted to fight. Yeah. So, I mean, the the probably the very cliche example is like when you go to uh, Best Denki and you see a Samsung TV, what's playing on the Samsung TV? It's K-pop, K-pop yeah. music video. Yeah. Whereas when you take Singapore Airlines and you switch on the thing, is is Benjamin King's the first face that you see there? Is you know? it? No, it's not. It's no, not. It's not. Okay, I pointed okay, out it's okay, not. Okay, like, okay. like you know, we have we have very talented musicians, yeah, artists absolutely. like yourself, no, I mean, but we're not. They're not celebrated to the rest of the world like like how you know right. Korea celebrates the the artists and all to the rest of the world. Like, how, how how to push Ben King to the world? I mean, so I think it starts with uh, like like at the, at the I think at the top you can make certain directives about. Hey, you know, uh, let's push our artists. You know, let's start with all the big companies that we have that are already listed overseas, whether it's Razor or Grab right. or SIA. How about using some of our artists ah. as like your spokesperson, put them in your magazine or put them in your, your in-flight entertainment as yeah. the host, have them present the video. I mean, these are small things that yeah. they're not require you, don't require you to overhaul your yeah. entire company, which I think is, is a hard ask. But mm. it's very soft things that, you know, as more and more people see, uh, you know, Singapore artists being presented every time they fly Singapore Airlines, they'd be like, oh, okay, I saw this artist before, let's check out what he does. Right. One or two. Yeah, uh, but on Shopee, right? <laughs> uh, or Pachukang yeah, on the true. Amazing Race, yeah. yeah. On the everywhere. <laughs> so, yeah, in the I mean, supermarket. Pachukang is a caricature, like you said, a uh, character that yeah. nobody speaks like that at all, right? Yeah. How about finding those that are a little, not, not say relatable, but you know, they More are representative here, Yeah, and they're just doing art here. Art that can, you know, can really touch people and connect yeah. with a lot more people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> what are you thinking about? <laughs> no. Karen but I mean, Karen yeah, Karen. La, like, 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 I think I, we all Karen know that Kitty. time. <laughs> <laughs> Karen Kitty. Harish has just been thinking of Karen Kitty for the last <laughs> no, 10 minutes. No, because like, it almost feels like there, there can be a bit more nuance. Like, I think Pochukang on Amazing Race happened a long time ago. But even that was like, okay, let's go one extreme la. Yeah. Then when that extreme gets a bit of backlash, like, okay, this is not good. But yeah. there's a lot in between. La. Yeah, mm. I, I really think that Ben King and Annette Lee do really good stuff. Yeah. yeah. yeah they like do good intelligent stuff. and highly produced 
stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's, there's a lot of intelligent stuff, but they have the intelligent plus production values. Yeah, so, yeah that's what I, that's what I think it is. It is getting there. I mean, you even get yeah. comedians on on Netflix. Yeah, uh, like Fakafaz. Yeah, uh, I mean Rishi is now um, do, doing a lot more live shows. There are people coming up. Young Raja, you yeah, know, Jasmine yeah, Soko. Yeah, so hopefully with time lah, with time. But that's yeah, the thing lah. When when you see like some of these comedians that get on Netflix, and and we've spoken to them ourselves. Yeah. You find out is they literally had to to hustle and yes. get themselves on the network. They had to yeah. go and pay out their own pocket. They go and record thing, yeah. pitch it to the networks and all that. You know, so can you imagine like if someone at some higher level says, yeah. "Okay, we'll let's do it for all and just try yeah. and see what can, they, that could help move a lot of people's careers, move a lot more, uh, you know, the soft power aspect of Singapore out there." But it takes time, like, it takes, it takes, and it takes someone there realizing we need to convince everyone at that level to yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So, Jotan, can you become an MP? <laughs> or? I, 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 she's <laughs> launching <laughs> yeah. a campaign. Actually, yeah. no, man, no, but you guys should do it. I think you guys should do it. The Come one. on, man. So, we need no, another minority. Then how cannot sway in parliament or what? <laughs> Just not on the mic lah. Can you like just No, but I mean it's nice yeah. to be political but not be a politician lah. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah, true. In some way, that's yeah, true, you know. True. No, I I really appreciate that you guys are doing that. I think it's very important. Trying lah, trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trying, man. So trying. so yeah. where where are you yeah. at in terms of uh like what like now that the radio stint is over and I, I guess this is sort of like a your way of closing uh, closing that chapter on, yeah, on radio so. in a way yeah. so what is in the in the cards for you in the near future wow so this year I've been writing a lot actually so 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 uh, other than Happy Place uh, I wrote uh, for this singlet book called Sherlock Sam oh okay mm. yeah, 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 yeah so yeah. they have Sherlock Sam the musical so I've oh, been nice. asked to adapt that mm. I don't know I was I was supposed to I was originally asked whether I would want to consider a part in it I couldn't because it clashed with Happy Place so I'm mean, only the writer, so that's my disclaimer. <laughs> but I'm gonna go and see. And hopefully, it turns out well. Uh, also, yeah, my play King about uh my stint as a drag king and just about just gender identity uh in Singapore is is uh is gonna be coming back. And my play about Dungeons and Dragons, where this couple tries to save their marriage with a game of Dungeons and Dragons, and then oh, so wow. they jump into the real world. They jump into the part where they are paladin and whatnot. Uh, it's a transition between worlds that's coming back as well at the end of the year. So. Yeah, this year I've been writing a lot. Wow. Oh, sweet, man. It's okay lah. That's awesome. No lah, very no money on it. I'm very sad lah, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's maybe the next direction now as I, as I fade into my middle age, then I suppose that's, that's where I will go. Now is the time for y'all to say something nice about me, <laughs> by the way. No, so... so hey! <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I mean, the, like, the, the, fact, the fact that you got four four plays coming out this year, four or five plays. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I had one earlier this year as well called The Future Show. So yeah, that's crazy. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And I really do think it can be adapted to other forms, including the audio form, which we can talk about separately. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's talk about yeah, it separately. Because, yeah. because I also recently watched a play recently, the, the Brown Boys Don't Tell Jokes. Hey, did you enjoy it? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Okay, and okay. I mean, it was set in one room. The whole yeah. story is told in one room. And I'm thinking, fuck, why, why isn't this being adapted to other formats? Right. All the IP is there. The content has been created. Yeah. It, there needs to be. So yeah, we let we can talk like uh, separately yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Because yeah. even hearing you say that, that, that there's a space also, like I can imagine like funding and all, it is limited. It's, it is very limited. It's not good. It's not yeah. good, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. So, yeah. But, but yeah. But I mean, um, yeah, to that point about like, oh, there's no money in it. Like, is there, um, do you, have you, do you think you've uh, looked outside of Singapore that 
for possibilities outside there I'm as well. Oh <laughs> What I mean, like no like, I just I I like this year already producing Happy Place. It's like so tiring, you know. It's just mm. like I suppose I could reach outside, and actually I know a bunch of people who are just like actually screw this. Let's just do the festivals in Canada. We'll do the festivals in the states. And then if it takes off there, if I can say I had a sold out show there, then the mm. programmers here in Singapore will start to pay attention, which is yeah. so sad. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. So, so uh, it's, it's just uh, having to build a whole bunch of networks again. I, I have thought about it, but I would have to have a lot more energy, like, I think. Mm. Yeah. I mean, but it's, yeah, I don't know how you guys are. Yeah. Go, uh, go. Put our work out there. We're trying to, like, trying to. Ay, trying to on YouTube. Yeah. Ay. Social media, like, right? Social media. That's I think you've, you've tasted how it can, you know, go beyond whatever you thought is possible. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's true. My, my parody girl songs got like slammed by like these American guys. Oh. Uh, but it's okay lah, I don't Are care. you on TikTok? No. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Shouldn't you be on TikTok? I'm old. Right? I don't <laughs> know. TikTok. TikTok is not just uh, dancing videos and all this. There's it's also a, yeah, education, there's yeah, financial yeah. TikTok and all that. I, I wait for it to come back to Instagram. Is that bad? Uh, but TikTok just has a different, for all you hate of TikTok, it, does help people grow ridiculously fast if there's content that that people can relate to. Really? Yeah, yeah faster than any platform. Okay. And because you, you have the talent in performing, I, I, actually okay. TikTok does make a lot of sense. Uh. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So right now, if people want to find you, where can they find you? Just Instagram? Instagram law at J-O-D-E-C-R-O. Mm. Was, yeah, I was Joe the Crow. I was, I was young and emo lah. Show the <laughs> it was a different time. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah. And then if they want to buy tickets for the play, <clears throat> Happy Place runs from 4th to 7th May at Gateway Theatre. You can get your tickets on bookmyshow.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a bookmyshow.com. That's the domain, like the slash yeah, or check, anything. Check, check, wait. <laughs> check, let me check. <laughs> let me check. Uh, yeah, I think it is. Wait, wait, wait. Book. Book. Book my. <gasps> okay, it is. No, my God. It's sg.bookmyshow.com. Good grief. Yes, oh, yes, sg.bookmyshow.com. sg.bookmyshow.com. Yes, ah, okay, yeah, okay, correct. Okay. sg.bookmyshow.com. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, cool. but, but thanks for coming. I think, uh, you know, we've worked so many times with you, but like the, I think this is the first time really sitting down and really understanding yeah, where I you're think, coming from, yeah, what thanks. your creative inspirations are. And all oh, that. thank you, thank you. Thank so you. It's, uh, it's trauma. I think same for you guys. That's yeah, where, yeah, that's where yeah, it all begins, right? You know, that's where it all begins. Yeah, so I think it's super interesting for anyone who. They've, a lot of people have watched you on, on stage yeah, or heard so. your voice oh, but thanks. now to know you the real you I think it's, the real it's, me. it's fun nah. the, the real you this is the real me guys the real <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. who knows but yeah thank you thanks for having me on the show of course man anytime anytime and and I mean now we are going to end off on a more positive note yay yeah. uh, we have this segment that I didn't tell you about before oh. which I was supposed oh, yeah. to so pardon me it's okay uh, it's called the one shook thing Okay, one shock thing. Yeah. One shock, one shock thing. Yeah, so okay. it's basically something that you can share with our listeners that they can experience themselves. Like an article or a book or a play or a music. No, we two of us will go first. Okay. To give you okay. some breathing room. Thanks, thanks. Um, um, and, and then, yeah, just, just like a link or something we can share. La. Okay. Yeah. So, so And it's not self-marketing. La. It's not like, come and watch my play on yeah, sg.bookmyshow.com. Okay, okay, okay. Ideally, no. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, so Terrence, you... Why don't you go ahead? Um, okay, so I need to, I need to, I need to pull something up. Um, <laughs> let oh. me see. Let me see. Oh, you need to pull something up? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, it's uh, you know, I met the demographic where I got a young toddler running around yes. and all that. I keep uh, forgetting, yeah. Yeah, but so for me, rediscovering a lot of parts of Singapore has been very fun. Uh, you know, like I, I used to 
be very active with my dogs and I used to walk around a lot. Right. But now I got a small child, so I walk around with him more. And just over the weekend, I was at um, the Jurong Lake Gardens. Uh, oh my gosh. Which, you know, uh, I, yeah, when if you went there during the pandemic, or a lot of yes, things were for not... Pokemon. Yeah, a lot of things were... Oh, for Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of uh, facilities were shut off yeah, and all yeah, that, right? Yeah. So in more recent months, everything's opened up again. So they have like... Um, water play features and, and, and ah. sand features and all that are really quite uh quite amazing like, in the sense that you know if if you're a kid or even just not say kids like, even adults uh, like some of these things yeah, you would imagine having to pay $40 to go Sentosa to right. go and play just to kick around water and have like waterfalls and all that but they're all there the, the lake gardens now you know ah. and they're all back to normal Uh, the weather's been very hot recently so it's actually something that I yeah, highly recommend people to just wow, go and explore. Awesome. I mean, we filmed videos there back, mm. back when it was Chinese gardens and all. Oh, very nice. different vibe from what it is today. And now post-COVID, a very different vibe again. Cool. Yeah. cool. So cool. I do recommend people check out Jurong Lake Gardens. That's again. awesome. Mm. Have, have you pulled something out already? Yeah, or? I pulled it. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, it, it, like, uh, just hearing Terrence talk about like Singapore, Mimi remembered this one Instagram page that I just came across this morning um, when I read about some goth uh, wedding that happened between a couple that they did it at some abandoned uh, electric station in Singapore and how they met was through this Instagram page called Abandoned Singapore. Oh. So it's just, um, I don't know who runs it but they take these amazing photos of like just abandoned places in Singapore. Oh, cool. Yeah, and that's how they met and then when I went down this page I was like, fuck man, this is cool. Is, oh, it ghost, really nice is it ghost-related or what? No, it's not ghost-related. Oh, it's, um, it's just uncovering the side of Singapore you never knew existed. It's crazy. Right. Yeah, never so, knew there are so many abandoned places. Yeah, so you see like, um, this this is just like an abandoned cinema. Like, wow, mm. There's an abandoned cinema? I don't That's know. It's like, Cathay, Cine Leisure at Cathay. No, soon, <laughs> soon, soon, soon. <laughs> soon, oh, soon. Burn. Yeah, uh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so, so it's, it's pretty cool. Uh. So I just came across like, it. Wow, that is, that is very cool. Yeah, so we have the current Singapore uh, in all its glory yeah. and then abandoned Singapore. Like the, mm. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Like yeah. the revamped Singapore and the yeah. abandoned Singapore. That's yeah. Yeah. Cool. Now what, yeah. what about you, Okay, Jim? so what I have pulled out is, uh, um, so I have been taking classes with these people and it's literally fight choreography classes. Oh. And then you get to take away a video of yourself uh, doing the choreography for, for example, uh, from The Witcher. That's their theme. Yeah. Where mm. you are doing, uh, playing Geralt fighting, I can't remember her name, that first girl who turns oh. out to be this superpowered witch. Oh, yeah, but yeah. that whole choreography. So you train for a few weeks and then you get home to take a, home a video of that. And it's shot by people who know how to shoot fight choreography. They're sandbox training ground. It is in this uh, kind of like this industrial area near Utram and the whole it's like a padded room it's this huge space where the walls are padded the floor is padded so if you fall down you don't get hurt and you learn this choreography with like great swords and uh, or just like a hand-to-hand combat and you just feel like you're an action star and it's really cool I would really recommend you check them out because uh, it was set up by this stuntman called Peps Go, mm. who just wanted to raise the standard of stunts in Singapore, stunts mm-hmm. training in Singapore. He's quite a legend, right, Peps Go? He is a legend, wow. and he put all his own money into it. So please go, because uh, it will last as long as his money lasts. So What's it called? Sand- Sandbox Training Ground. Sandbox uh, Training Ground. Yeah, yeah, it's wow. cool, man. I'll, I'll, I'll show you all the videos. Actually, you all should go. Yeah. Were you doing it just for fun or pr- in preparation for your players? I, I wanted to upskill during the pandemic. <laughs> oh, so that's your skills future <laughs> credits. Uh. No, I couldn't Start use training. it. It was so sad. Yeah, it, I, I, I went like to upskill, but like it was just really a lot of fun. And now you mm. see all these like, influencers that are going as well. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Shit. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, go, go. 
you guys should go. It'll be great. I would yeah. love to see you guys fight as. So you can you can fight with someone. You can fight with somebody else. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could be Geralt and you could be like whoever the I can't remember her name. I, I love the witches. Yeah, yeah. yeah go, 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 go. It's cool. You dress up as well and carry. Swords you can if you want. You, oh, can. you can. If you want. So the next thing they are gonna be doing uh Ruroni Kenshin. So oh, then you yeah, will be yeah. doing the, the, the samurai. The thick blade, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yes, go. But what if oh. you need to somersault and all that? But you can't somersault. Oh, then they just they then, carry you and throw then you. you'll probably play the other person. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's usually the people who are getting beaten up. They have oh, a somersault. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So they will be all these like stunts people who are uh, already in the club around you, and they will just be falling down, and then you just look oh. super badass. Oh. Yeah, it's very cool. Well, that can be a yalaba day out, uh. Eh? Hey. Yeah. Go yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, but oh, cool for the recommendation, Joe. Yeah, anytime, wow. thanks for your recommendation. Great one cool. show comment. Oh, thank you. Yes, thank sweet. You. Okay, thank awesome. You. Awesome. All right, thank you. Uh, okay, thanks yeah. so much for no joining worries. us, Joe. Yeah, cool. Uh, I mean, like, I don't know about the radio. We don't, we don't oh. normally know how to end. Uh, yeah, to I know. I was like, this is a very awkward, <laughs> awkward is, goodbye. Yeah, yeah. So people have told us, why don't you play a jingle and all that? But oh. just like how you know, we wanted to stand true to our Singaporean accent. Oh. We are standing true to the awkwardness of how we end podcasts, lah. No need jingle lah. Okay. Yeah, no need jingle. So, uh, thanks, Joe. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. That is it. <laughs> 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 is it?